Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss wow nice yeah what you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on bomba socks underwear and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds yeah that plush and the best part for every item you purchase bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, Evertonians. We're back for episode three of the Toffee Web podcast. I think it's fair to say that the mood around here has been transformed in the wake of what was a terrific performance and result against Leeds on Saturday. Paul, Al, I don't know about you, but I am still buzzing. I watched the goals again earlier just to get goosebumps all over again. Everything about that match was great. The set the scene for us, the, the lead up to the game, the walk to the ground, the atmosphere before kickoff, and then once the match got going... Yeah, we should start by saying that Elle and I like, literally walked like past each other without realizing before, before, before we um, be, 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 be just at just at the train station before we got to the ground. But I um, I came up with my cousin came um, he's a big Leeds fan and he, he came to the game with us. He, he travelled from Bristol for the game, so he was really impressed with going to the Atlanta City beforehand and talking to the pub and uh, met the other fellas. And uh, he said to me at like uh, at half time, he said like, oh well, the um. Leeds are an awful, but the the atmosphere is absolutely amazing. Absolutely, it was like literally, literally blown away by the atmosphere. It was like credit to all the uh, the fan groups, wasn't it? And everybody, the, the momentum everyone put towards this, um, you know, backing the players and improving the atmosphere. It really, really helped. I thought it was a real electric atmosphere out there, and um, certainly I thought the players thrived on that. It was just a just a brilliant day, wasn't it? I think Everton were just it's what you want to see from Everton, isn't it? Just playing on the front foot playing very aggressively, uh, a bit of flair as well. And, uh, yeah, some, some really good, good performances there. It was uh, just, just a brilliant day all around, um, less so for my for my cousin. But, uh, yeah, other than that, it was, uh, yeah, it was good. And, yeah, really, really, really good day, really enjoyable. Yeah, it was well, the same for me. I, I met up with friends that I haven't seen for a long time, uh, maybe even before the pandemic for the game. So that was also – it was quite special for me anyway. But uh, there was just a – there was a buzz around the ground, I feel. I think that – Everybody is on the same page now that it's it's time to come together to try and lift the club out of the, the mess that it found itself in. Um, and so it was just a massive three points. But I, I sit in the Gladys Street and we didn't sit down once. We were stood up for the whole game. Um, I think, as I say, everyone was together. Everyone realised the importance of the game. And, and the song started from minute one and, and it lasted. I think getting an early goal was really, really important. I know that... It's almost like a chicken and the egg conversation about whether fans need to get behind the players or do they need to give us something to shout about. But I think that the fans really set the tone and then that early goal just helped uh, settle things, gave us the push to keep going with our with our singing and our backing of the team. And it, it you know the, the fans and the players worked in unison and it, it was just a brilliant day. Um, Frank Lampard, you know, there's a real feel good factor there. Two wins at Goodison, seven goals uh, through to the next round in the cup in one of them and. We pulled away from from some of those teams near the bottom as well. So it, it was just a really good weekend and probably one of my favourite weekends at Goodison in a long, long time. Yeah, I think that that discussion around the fans. It's obviously I think there was that 
that Ben Foster clip that was doing the rounds just beforehand, where he was talking about how if you know if you can get on top of Everton at home fairly early, that the the fans will get onto the onto the players' backs. And uh, actually, Tim Howard made um, a similar comment on the NBC coverage before the game, which I thought was almost sort of misreading the room a bit because I think if anyone who had sort of been tapped into social media in the week running up would have seen that there was very much a feeling that we're going to support this team no matter what happens. You know, even if we go, if we fall behind early, early doors, there's still going to be this, this push to, to, to rouse the players. And I think this, this sort of the chicken and egg debate for me is, is more about the context. I think when, when, when more is expected of the team, <clears throat> when we're pushing towards the top of the table, you know, as we were, <clears throat> excuse me, for a while under Carlo Ancelotti, um, and, and even under Roberto, there were there were times when, you know, the fans would get on the players' backs when they just weren't being proactive enough, or if they were being, you know, remember under the worst the worst days under Roberto, it was just passing sideways um, for no reason, or you know, John Stones doing Cruyff turns in his own box. You know, there's there's a time and a place for these things, and if the um, if the team team's doing well, then obviously there's a lot more leeway is given into how the fans respond to, you know, a slow performance or a slow start. Um, and, you know, right now when the chips are down, as I say, the, the, the impetus was to, to support these, these players right the way through the 90 minutes to get them over the line. And that's exactly what we did. And as you say, Al, it was so important to get that first goal. Um, and, I mean, for me, I, I don't think you can, you can underplay just how important these these Everton fans are to not only the survival of this team for as long as we have survived in the top division, um, but you know, it just 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 pushing it forward when when as I say, when the chips are down, I think as I put in my in my report, a lot of you know, some of the most memorable occasions at Goodison in the last 20, 30 years have been when the team has really needed the fans they really needed when the chips are down when facing adversity and i mean i think other clubs would kill for that kind of support so when people can you know criticize evertonians um i think you just need to look at just look at um you know the support that that's given to this club through thick and thin it's um it's second to none and um yeah it just um saturday was 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 pretty amazing from that respect for me you can think of like in just in your head countless times you've been at Goodison, can't you? When the atmosphere's really sort of pulled the players the players on, and that's sort of the good times and bad. And when when Goodison Park's electric, you've seen it. We saw it earlier this season against Arsenal, for example. Performance wasn't brilliant, but I think it's sort of like the 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 support and the momentum sort of carried them through a little bit. Not not to mention a really good late Demari Gray goal, but you know, just games like that when the atmosphere is just absolutely, you know, it's just like spine tingling almost, isn't it? It's just um, it's nothing quite like it really. We we would say that, wouldn't we? But it's uh, it really is special, and uh, yeah, the fans really help the players. It, it builds synergy together, don't they? These sort of buzz off each other. It was the most pleasing thing for me was seeing some of the players that you could probably say haven't maybe pulled the weight that much. They're doing really, really well. Um, Awobi, obviously, is the, the obvious one. Um, it's great, isn't it, when you see players and you don't really expect much of them going in and uh, putting in an amazing performance like that. Same for John Joe Kenny. You could probably say the same for Mason Holgate. There's a lot of players out there who not much is expected of them, I think it's fair to say, but they really, really pulled it out. And, um, yeah, you wonder, can they... Is that an opportunity, particularly for Alex Iwobi? Would that be an opportunity for him to to really kick on now? Do you think he'll get more more opportunities to kick on? Um, let's hope so, because obviously it shows as a player there. Um, be interested to see how Frank Lampard uses them and how much Frank, Frank Lampard uses them over the next few months. Yeah, I, I think our fan base is very unique in the sense that really the biggest cheers come from the most basic efforts and applications sometimes. That you know, no no stadium in England will make a noise like Goodison Park when there's a big tackle, or when a player runs down for a lost cause and sort of makes something happen. Um, you know, if we if we if we if we keep going and we we earn a corner, that the ground erupts. And I think I think that's the sticking point for a lot of Evertonians. So long as you give the the effort and the application to to do your best, we will get behind you 110% every game. 
And I think that's where probably some supporters have felt like it's been lacking in recent years. Um, because obviously when, when we didn't have the, the funds to really properly compete, we always felt like we were up for the fight and could battle with anyone. Um, whereas that hasn't maybe been, been the case uh, more recently. So I think it was great that the players, they seemed to feed off it. Um, and as, as, as Paul mentioned, you know, Iwobi, we saw him... Uh, make a slide tackle and one of the guys next to me made a joke that that'll be the first time the kit man's washed his kit. <laughs> you know, there is a, there is a, 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 a like a wicked sense of humour in, in some parts of the ground as well. But that, that's the thing, you know, it was it was good to see him doing those those things that we expect to see. Um, you know, obviously his position, he needs to be making key passes, he needs to be assisting, he needs to be scoring. But that's the thing, if he makes a tackle and he shows that, you know, his commitments and that he's going to be brave for the badge. We will absolutely applaud him for it, and I think that's I think that's real really key for the for the running now. That if they can show us that they're up for the fight, we'll be aware we're there with them every minute of the game. They've set the benchmark, I suppose, haven't they? Yeah. Of what uh, of what what's wanted, what's expected. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's kind of fantasy to expect that sort of uh, that much energy every sort of week but um yeah that, that, that that's what you are particularly at home you expect to see that much effort every time really and uh that's the benchmark and uh i suppose it, get, it makes you think who knows the, i think a lot has a lot's been made of these sort of like the recent fixtures because saying oh we've got to get some points on the board now because they won and after that's quite horrendous um okay didn't get anything at newcastle obviously we've got another opportunity to get some points at southampton and obviously we've got three points um, but, uh, uh, last weekend uh, against Leeds, um, the game's coming up. Yeah, Man City's an evening game, isn't it? Might be a bit out of spice. Who knows? It might um, maybe just this. It might just get that momentum for the crowd again. In a lot of these games, it might maybe just see. If you think back, probably I'll be going back as far as maybe some of David Moyes evening games when you'd play like a you know remember when we beat Chelsea and things to half scored a couple and games like that when it's just like a, a really sort of you know vicious angry sort of stadium which just gets everybody everybody up and everybody going it's um it's it's really special when that's the case so uh who knows maybe we can maybe we can do maybe we can do well in these uh these big games coming up and um and real opportunity isn't there obviously to make the um definitely certainly make the difficult quarterfinals at a minimum would be a real shock let's be fair if we if we go out to ball and wood so uh yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. Um, I think you messaged, didn't you, Al, saying, "Oh, I'm actually there to look up the table a little bit rather than yeah. rather than down." And I found myself doing that. Oh, you 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 win that game in hand, and you win that one, and yeah, before before you know it, you're you're tenth, eleventh, for something like that. So yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, the, the important thing is is just uh, making sure we're safe. But um, yeah, that, that I think that I think that performance and getting that crowd on board was it, it was it was a very key moment for that on Saturday. I think it was really important. Um, a massive three points, obviously, in the context of the league, but also I think just the the level of performance and it just kind of you felt there was a bit more of a connection for once, didn't you, with the between the players and the crowd? And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hope that sticks for well, forever, but for the yeah, for the rest of the season, certainly. Yeah, I think it's really important what you say is that they've not only established a benchmark for performances, which you know they're not necessarily going to hit. Um, you know, maybe not collectively and maybe not individually um, every single week. <clears throat> but um, like you say, it's, it's, it's a level. There's a level they've established now. And, you know, to drop too far below that now, there really are no excuses because you've seen, they've seen, they've shown what they can do. Um, and, and the fans have shown just how much backing they'll get when they deliver it. Um, and, yeah. And again, there's also, there's, there's, there's some hope now and, you know, when we were looking at the fixtures before, when you could barely see where the next point is coming from, now you can kind of see, okay, there's opportunity here, um, and there's potential to pick up points there. And you know that that home game against Manchester City, which is normally a complete write-off, you get the right atmosphere for that game, and you get the players up for it again. And there's no reason why we can't, you know, spring a surprise in that match. Um, they went down to Southampton recently, and they were held to a draw down there. Um, and and you know what what's what Saturday showed unequivocally was just how much talent there is in our team um, going forward in particular, and we can you know, we can cause anyone anyone problems on their day even you know the uh, at the moment the the runaway league leaders so I think that was um, you know that was huge um, because I think we were all looking at that Leeds match with a fair amount of trepidation. Um, 
and, and lots of people saying that they were potentially the worst team we could have faced, um, given you know the confidence of the, the side or lack thereof. Um, you know, a depleted back line, um, players like Alan and Seamus Coleman having to play their third game in seven days. And I mean, where where they got that 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 energy from, that inspiration? Maybe a lot of it's just down to the adrenaline of the day and the crowd. But it was it was fantastic to see them to perform the way they did. Um, so more of that, please. <laughs> yeah, my, my cousin was very buoyant coming up to the game. He was he just seeing a lead battle to a three-all draw at Villa, hadn't he? And uh, I think the, the, yeah. the night before we'd see an Everton lose at Newcastle. So he was, yeah, he's, he's not a smug fellow or anything like that. He's a pretty good guy. He's not too much of a, you know, like a smug, like Mickey Taken sort of fan. But he was just like, yeah, you could see he was, he was very expectant that Leeds were, were, were really going to do something there. And I think a lot of people were, to be fair. A lot of them going into the pub before the game or the, the Liverpool fans of the pub were just like, uh, you know, giving it the usual, oh, yeah, yeah you're not going to get anything from this game. I think there's a real, probably quite an expectation from a lot of maybe neutral fans as well that Leeds were really going to, Go and turn Everton over if, if you'd watched the, the midweek games. So um, yeah, you're right. It was a of all the teams to face when you're really sort of desperate for the win. Leeds really wouldn't be one of them. Well, you you wouldn't pick them, would you? You know. So uh, yeah. Um, so I guess we out Leeds 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 if that makes sense. We had to sort of, yeah, do <laughs> yeah. um, do what you know. That, that's what they're famous for, isn't it? Running and just uh, yeah, pressing and yeah, keeping teams on the back foot. And uh, yeah, probably. Uh, probably blew them away a little bit. I think it was, uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, setting the benchmark, and uh, let's uh, let's see if we can keep it up. It'd be tough the next game, I think, won't it? I think uh, Southampton they're doing really well down there. Um, last few games where they draw at Man U, did he come to me out to beat Spurs? You mentioned that they did he drew with City. Um, probably speak about a bit more about that later, but uh, yeah, that'll be a be a tough game that we can be interested to see if we can carry on as we left off against Leeds. I think it's worth looking at uh, some of the um, some of those individual performances on the day because I think I mean, apart from Jordan Pickford <laughs> because he didn't have anything to do. I mean, he I think he was at one point he had to make his own fun when he came out and clattered through that player and almost injured himself, um, falling on his shoulder. But I mean, right the way from from front to back, um, as you alluded to earlier, Paul, some of the some of the players and their you know stories of of redemption, <clears throat> you know, Mason Holgate. Who you know he kept it simple, um, didn't do anything fancy. He just did just exactly what was required. You know, just do the sensible thing. Um, and actually, I think it was his tackle in in midfield that paved the way for the third goal. A really committed tackle in midfield, which I think the ball broke down to Alan to 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 then set up the goal for Richardson. Um, so he was good. <clears throat> I mean, obviously Michael Keane doing the Yeri Mina act. Um, he had another very solid game. Um, and it and it just proves that these players they have it in them, um, you know, if they can just keep the basis basics and and, and keep a level head because a, a lot of them, I mean, Keane obviously in particular, much has been made of the fact that he's a confidence player, um, and but when he does things, when he just does the the sensible things, he can be a very effective defender, um, and and again, as you've mentioned, um, Alex Awobi, who, you know. We talk about how Goodison moans at players or boos players. I mean, I don't think anyone specifically boos individuals. I mean, we've obviously booed the team. Um, but the groans and the boos that, that, that would accompany perhaps a, a substitution or, or a um, selection decision by a manager is, is more aimed at the manager um, for me. It's, it's, a, it's the only outlet that the fans of, as a collective have of voicing their you know, displeasure or disagreement with the decision. Um, and it's, it's harsh on the player, um, but it's obviously up to that player to to prove the doubt is wrong. I mean, I was like everybody. I, I saw that the team sheet and I was like, well, what on earth is Awobi doing there? But um, it's testament to the work that, and as Lampard said afterwards, he actually specifically said it's testament to the work that he does on the training pitch. You know, it's it's his reward. Um for the effort that he puts in every day at Finch Farm, and the same went for John Joe Kenny, um, who who was a, a revelation playing out of position. Um, you know, even if he'd been playing uh, right back, I don't think anyone would have expected a performance like that. Um, you know, doing crosses with the outside of his boot, um, Cruyff turns near the 
near the um, opposition area. So, I mean, right the way through the team, there were just phenomenal performances and it was exactly what we needed on the day. Yeah, I think it's a great message that Lampard's put out there as well that, you know, if the players show themselves and prove themselves in training, they'll be given they'll be given a go in the uh, in the starting eleven. Um, I thought that was really encouraging. I think that Walawobi hasn't hit the heights that he that he needs to for Everton since he signed. I think that really in the absence of Damari Gray, Iwobi is probably that player who can who can link with Richarlison and who can link with Anthony Gordon because I think that's what Damari Gray's been doing really well in recent weeks. I think his little partnership that he's formed with Gordon uh, going forward with little one-twos and, you know, really good movements. I think I think Iwobi was able to to replicate that. And I think, I mean, I, I was very worried about the defence all week and I was I was concerned that, you know, Mean is out for a very long time. And, you know, I've always been a bit concerned when Keane and Holgate are together, but Holgate in front of the Gladys Street, in front of me, he put in, a perfectly timed slide tackle. It was brilliant to uh, to deny Leeds an opportunity in the second half. Um, Michael Keane, he looked solid. He looked, you know, he looked quite relaxed even um, in the game. Um, and John Joe Kenny, John Joe Kenny for me reminds me of a of a defender in the early years of, of Moyes. You know, like your, your Hibberts and your Stubbs and your Weirs. He's very mm-hmm. solid. And if you've got a, uh, if you can set up to to not, you know, overcomplicate things. I think he's very good defensively, and I think it allows him to grow into the game. I think he was, I think he was told probably to stick on Rafina, which he, which he did really well because Rafina was mm-hmm. was hooked at half time. But I think he is a good defender. I think he's disciplined, and I think he he did it. I think it was like a lot of the players, the players that have maybe struggled, and the players you maybe didn't expect to see on the team sheet, with the atmosphere and the fans giving the hundred percent backing. They really did like step up a level. I, th- I think Kenny was 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 really good at just staying in position, doing his defensive duty, and then when the time came, um, he was able to get forward. And I think as well that the back four helped rather than having three centre backs. I think the back four allowed them to keep the shape a lot better. Um, and I do. I think I think Kenny was brilliant. You know, is he is he good enough for the long term? If Everton are going to compete at the top end of the table and try and win silverware, probably not. But for the situation we're in now, you can depend on him to be committed. He'll be brave. He'll tackle anything that moves. And I think, you know, massive fair play to him for, for Saturday's display. And hopefully he can produce similar performances when he's called upon this season. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? Because it gives you... It, we've gone from having absolutely no options at left back if Mikalenko's not there to now having someone who can step in and do a job. Um, and actually do a job really, really well. I mean, obviously there was that one left left footed cross that he tried that he sliced, you know, behind. But you know, that's that's obviously a consequence of having a wrong footed player on that side of the field. But um, yeah, it's just um, it's just having those options. Um, and you know, if he's going to perform that that well at left back, then who's to say that he can't be the um, the next option? You know, if, for for Coleman on on the right hand side, that, that's obviously. Um, uh, opens the the question as to you know where Nathan Patterson fits in uh, short term, and I think that was perhaps really the only disappointment for me on the day was that Patterson didn't get a run out. But I think you could see from from Lampard he was sort of going through um, some of the more senior players to you know to give them an opportunity like Rondon um, to to just to take a to stake a claim as well. Um, and Patterson's time will come hopefully against um, Boreham Wood. I think that. If you look at the fixtures now, that would obviously be the a, a real opportunity for him um, to give uh, Seamus a Seamus a break and and John Joe Kenny as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's just nice having those options now. Um, players stepping in and 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 showing that there's now some depth there with um, with a with a manager who can inject some confidence in there, and it really does seem to be doing the man management side of it really really well, um, which obviously is. Um, in, in contrast, I think, to to Benitez, who I think was um, guilty of, of obviously playing his favourites. And, and obviously, you know, you can't know for sure, but perhaps there was a, a situation under Benitez where no matter how much you did on the on the training ground, you weren't necessarily going to be able to fight your way into that team. Whereas now, you know, the option's there. The pathway is there. Lampard will, will reward you um, for hard work, which is exactly how it should be. That was a funny thing with Rafa Benitez, wasn't it? And uh, it, it, it's always so easy for managers to come in and go, right, it's a clean slate, everybody. And, you know, there's no favourites. And he, he kind of get, did the opposite, didn't he? But um, on uh, Kenny, yeah, I, 
it seems to me that there's been like for quite some time like a bit of a, like like a popular opinion amongst a lot of Evertonians of oh, just John Joe Kenny, oh, he's, he's not good enough, you know. And um, <clears throat> I've always thought, yeah, he's not great, but at the same time, he's, he's not quite as bad as everyone, you know, a lot of people made out that he was. But blimey, I didn't I didn't see a performance like that coming. That was um, that was excellent, and yeah, really really pleased him. It's good to see him. still quite young Evertonian coming through and it means a lot to me have you seen any of his comments since then about how he's sort of knuckled down and worked hard and waited for this opportunity but quite nice and see he's, he's very committed and um yeah he keep, keeps out there. i think he's out of contract this summer so um yeah it, it, it seemed if he's like that uh, prudent to at least give him another year or, or, or two and i think in, in this position we're probably still not in a position where we can spend loads of money i wouldn't have thought this um this summer, so you're just giving yourself a bit of insurance there, aren't you? If you uh, if you keep a can, you knowing that you can do, you know, you can do what do well uh, on both sides, might help Patterson along a little bit if um, you know into next season gives us another another option there. So it's really pleased for him. Um, one thing, one we haven't touched on yet is our our lone star, um, Donny Van der Beek. How how, mm-hmm. how good was he? How, what an, what an exceptional player he was. I think like certain players. Of that high caliber, they, they got this in, in their body language, a sort of like a certain like panache of the way they do things. He was, uh, I thought he was, he was excellent. What, what a great debut! He looks uh, a really exciting player. I can't imagine we'd be able to keep him beyond uh, beyond alone. Um, but yeah, let's let's enjoy what we got there for for the next sort of uh, how many games? Seventeen games, whatever it is, because uh, he's a real talent who's um, really good to watch. He he fitted in well there alongside Allen, who also had a very good game. Um, did I read that Alan's made the most tackles in the Premier League the other day or something like that, or the most t- highest tackle success rate or something? Some he's up there, yeah. He's up there. Yeah, amazing. So yeah, he's probably gone under the radar a little bit, Alan, I think, because um, yeah, he's, I mean, Rafa's played them sort of every game as well, hasn't he? But he's he's stuck at it. I think it would have been easy for him to you know sulk off a little bit when Carlo left, but fair play to him. He, he's he's stuck at it this whole time, and now he's maybe got. Hopefully, he's, he's just found that at least for this season. That midfield partner, which he hasn't really had, he's just hadn't been running around everywhere, making you know, just trying to put fires out, really, from what I can tell. Adam, with nobody really there to support him very much, particularly when the has been injured. So, yeah, the, you can see a little partnership there. Hopefully, they, those two can they can can gel a bit more because uh, I really like the look of uh, Van der Beek. He looks a he looks a really good player. Um, looking forward to watching him a lot more over the next uh, the next few months. Yeah, well, people say not to fall in love with a lone player, but it's uh, it's too late. For me already. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah I, I honestly, I I adore Donny Van der Beek already. A game and a half in, uh, it's just that the fact that he's everything we've needed and lacked for so so long. Um, he's a proper midfielder. He gets about the pitch, and what I love about him is when he's in possession, he lends the ball. He lends the ball to the to his teammates, and then he gets it back. It, he's you know it, everything goes through him and. I feel that he's quite similar to, to to Gareth Barry when he was at Everton, in the sense that he can pick a pass going forward, he can keep it ticking over. But what I like is he'll be an option for the defence as well, and I think that's massive um, for Keenan Holgate as well. He's always an option. So, you know, if we are going to play it out from the back, I think having someone of Van der Beek's quality will really boost the back line as well and boost us in that first third. I think in possession. Um, but I did. I, I just thought it was a really good display, and he's got all the attributes that we've that we've needed. That you know, maybe our other midfielders have a few of his attributes, but I feel like he's a really well-rounded midfielder, and I think he's going to be a massive boost for the team going forward. Yeah, I think what 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 impressed me with him as well was um, yeah, he's like he was, he was terrific, and he, all the, all the attributes you described, he he had them all. But sometimes with players with that quality, almost sometimes become a little bit of a luxury at times. And what what was really impressive me was. Not afraid to put the shift in, was he? A lot of time, it's like he was, he was, he was running back, making tackles. Um, you know, if Alan would go sort of forward a bit more, he'd sometimes cover in a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to make that point quick. He, uh, he, he certainly works hard as well. It's, you know, he's not just uh, doesn't just make up the numbers or just wait for the ball to come to him. He's very, very busy, and that's what impressed me a lot. He's just uh, his, his his work rate and his willingness to get back and help help out the defense as well. Yeah, that was that's exactly what I was going to say. He's he's almost <laughs> almost two players in one, you know, because um, as you say, he was able to drop back and, and and take the ball off the defense, and he's he's just so confident. I mean, I was listening to one of the other pods, I forget which one it was, but they were talking about just how he has that instinct as soon as he receives the ball. They're sort of very, very Dutch, very Ajax, you know. They're they're just they have an, an innate instinct 
um, that as soon as they have the ball, they're already moving on to to, to the, the next thought of where it's where it's going to. Um, just a just terrific player. I mean, I, I made the point that that, that he was you know, a level above anyone else in blue at uh, at Newcastle, and, and he just. I mean, I don't think he's put a foot wrong so far. Um, and then obviously that the, the um, what he offers at the, the at the top end of the pitch was just illustrated in the goal, which was a the the, the first goal, which was the move was terrific. And it just it just shows you how how difficult it is to defend um, a, a move that is put together that quickly when the ball moves that that fast, which is you know which is exactly what what we as Evertonians just love you know front foot football, the move the ball around quickly, um, high tempo. You know we've been calling for this for years, and and to have it you know all come together the way that it did for that first goal was terrific. I mean Anthony Gordon's one touch pass around the corner, you know Van der Beek. Any any other day, that's a you know that's an assist for for Calvert Lewin. I think it was a great tackle by um, was it Click I think who who denied um, DCL, and then obviously you know Captain Sheamus is there to. There was no way he was going to be denied. If you if you watch the replay, he's there sort of calling for it for for Van der Beek to give it to him, um, and he's like you know following following up and making sure that he's the one on the end of it. So um, yeah, all the um, all the post, the post match coverage from the national media focusing on Van der Beek. I'm like, no, no, shush, 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 don't <laughs> keep, keep it down. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't that good, honest. <laughs> yeah, Anthony's impressed him each game as well. More than more, Anthony Gordon. He's uh, he's really coming on, isn't he? He's looking like a. Uh, you, you probably wouldn't have said that. I, I certainly wouldn't have said that at the start of the season. You, you weren't too sure. If he'd probably even make it or not, I, I wasn't sure. But yeah, the way he's uh, the, the way he's improved this season has been uh, been exceptional. And I think he he does a lot for getting that momentum into the team as well because he's a he's a very aggressive player. I think he sees the value in in winning tackles and gearing up the crowd a little bit, a bit like the Charleston does in the way. And uh, yeah, certainly helps in attacking areas, giving. Um, the opposition such limited time on the ball, and we, we saw it against Brentford, didn't we, as well? And uh, yeah, certainly for home games, particularly, it's a, it's a very valuable asset to have something like that because it, it can it can turn the crowd in your favour a little bit more as well when you've got players players performing like that. It, you can't think of a bad player, can you? So it's very rare that happens, no. isn't it? You can't think about like, I thought Dominic had a very good game um, in attack as well. So probably his best game since, or certainly his best game since come back from injury and certainly the fittest he certainly looked I thought and uh, yeah I can see him edging back to fitness a lot more these uh, these next few games you'd imagine some goals will come with that as well and that's uh, obviously very important so um, yeah it's uh, it's amazing is how quickly you can go from rock bottom to, to feeling really positive um, just with a change of manager and a few signings and a bit of, a bit of a change of momentum um, and everyone's on board and it's it's, it's just fantastic isn't it it's uh, Long way it continue. Yeah, I think I think the best thing for Anthony Gordon is I think the thing that is really going for him is his attitude. I think he's got a really really good attitude. Um, he, he he's got a maturity to his game as well. Um, and I think him being a local lad, he seems to he says the right things as well. And I think you can see sometimes that when he g's the crowd up, which he did on Saturday, you can just sit and you know the, the amazing scenes of him singing along to one of the Everton songs at full time. I think mm-hmm. he, I think he just understands, and I think that probably gives him an extra an extra ten percent in his game sometimes. But I mean, I'll blame my own trumpet a little bit. I've always thought he had something, but I just wasn't sure if he'd be given the opportunity for it to to come to fruition. And I, I'm I'm convinced, I really am, that there'll be one game where he just explodes, and then it'll just be like a freight train. I really think he'll be that good. I think he can be a key player for everything, a, a talisman. Uh, in a few years, I just think he's got all the qualities, and it's that level-headedness I think which will take him really far. The next step he's got to probably improve on is um, is, is is output, I suppose, and like in front, you know, yeah, um, taking chances. Yeah, taking chances. Like um, he does get chances. Yeah, he had a good chance in the first minute or two, didn't he? Which he just if he take, took on his left, he probably would have scored or certainly would have got a shot away. But he was waiting to get on his right and got tackled. But that that'll come. That's um, you know, he's a very young player, hasn't. Had that many Premier League games, that that you know that awareness will come, and yeah, um, I imagine um, 
good to see him put a good uh, put a good corner in the box rather than that, which resulted in a goal <laughs> this time for uh, for Michael Keane. It was, a, it was a heck of a delivery that from the corner, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, it's all it's all around games brilliant. Just just his end product, I think, the one that needs to needs to improve, particularly with um with when when he's when he's given a, a shooting opportunity. If he can um if he can up that, if he can in, improve on that area, then um yeah, I think then he, he's almost complete then, isn't he? But He's certainly got the right attitude for sure. He's a great player to have on your side, isn't he? He's um keeps on going. He's a he's 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 got an ever. I don't know if he's always had that in him, but he's he's, he's got an ever so brave. I've noticed from from the lad I saw. Who was the up against? It was against Southampton, and I think the opening game. I saw them. I forget the defender, but he bounced off. He came off the bench and tried to sort of barge into a defender and just bounced right off him and fell flat on the floor. He was, he was on the deck for ages. Now, he certainly, like, um, he, he probably had that aggression then, but whether he's bulked up a bit more or got a bit more, been working on his upper body strength or what, I don't know, but he's certainly got, um, seems to have a lot more, a lot more tenacity and a lot more sort of power about him now than he, than he, than he did even. And that's, that's quite a short period of time. That's, that's this season. So he certainly, um, yeah, he certainly, he certainly seems to be growing in, in, in every sort of department in his game. So, yeah, just add add some more goals to that, then he's uh there, then we've got an excellent player there. Really good. Yeah, he's got almost everything you want, doesn't he? Because I was look, I think it was um I think he came on uh, as a sub in the Southampton away game last season, um and didn't really. I mean, obviously we needed something off the bench, and he wasn't really able to provide it. Um, and I think he, I think then I think he was dropped for the next couple of games, and I. I think looking at it, then you may have had some doubts whether they had whether he had enough in his game, whether it was enough, um, whether he was rounded enough, whether there was enough dynamism there. But I mean, he's he's added everything, as you say. He's you know he's got strength, he's got pace, um, and I love the fact you know that he's he's local and he, as you say, as you said, El, just just having that knowledge, just just getting it can can add you know that that extra ten percent. So he has been. He's just been fantastic, and it's not just you know the the raw elements to the game. He's got a very intelligent player. Obviously, that that goal that he he and um, Damari Gray combined for at Hull was great, and then obviously the his part in in the first goal against Leeds, it, it just shows that he's got he's got so many facets to his game, and I mean yeah he's still only twenty. There's 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 so much more, um, so much more runway there for him. So it's really exciting. I think we've done them all now, haven't we? And didn't say much. Oh, from Richarlison, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get that same every time from a Charleston. <laughs> he's a uh, yeah, four of an hour, isn't it? <laughs> no, he's a uh, yeah, he's an excellent player to have a Charleston. It's it's it, it, that it, it, that's a, like the measure of him now, I suppose. And that you've uh, you know what to expect. You kind of know what you're going to get from him. You're bit if if he doesn't play to that level, to that aggression. You're a bit surprised, aren't you? And a bit disappointed, particularly at home. Um, he's just kind of over time, just set that benchmark now. And uh, I felt sorry for him with the goal, actually. They, um, I, I didn't realise that was his goal until, uh, until the next day. I got back and sort of uh, wrote, uh, wrote the report, and there was only sort of checking some stats as I was doing that. So the goal was down as Gordon's and not um, Richarlison's. I didn't realise. Um, I knew it had come off Gordon, but. I just figured it was going in. It would still be with Charleston's goal, but uh, mm-hmm. Gordon got credited with it. So, um, so when I say I want Gordon to chip in more goals, I don't mean that sort of goal that like <laughs> somebody hits it, hits it at him, <laughs> goes in. But uh, it, it was good reward for Gordon, Anthony, wasn't it, to um, to get that? Because uh, yeah, he, he deserved it as well. He's uh, he's had a really good game. But yeah, I don't think we covered the subs. We didn't cover Deli Ali. Um, Still finding his feet, Delhi. Is that fair to say? He did, he did, did put a cracking ball in for Rondon, didn't he? He's a bit unlucky not to not to score with that one. That would have been some goal. Um, yeah, I probably want to see what Delhi's like in maybe sort of six, seven games time, when he's had a bit more a bit more time to sort of get to you know work with his teammates more, building his fitness a little bit more. I think it, it feels to me it's not a lot, of, at least from Evertonians, because because the other player, yeah, because other players are stepping up quite well at the moment. Doesn't feel like there's a lot of pressure. I think people seem quite willing to give him a bit of time. Do you think that's fair to say? Um, it doesn't seem too like too much pressure on him from Evertonians to, to deliver at the moment. Anyway, let's let's hope he beds in nicely, and um, before you know it, he's just in the team and um, contributing like we know he can. Um, just looking forward to really excited to see him once he once he really gets up and running. So just uh, 
yeah, curious to know when that'll be. But yeah, the thing seems to be a bit of patience with him, which is a which is a good thing. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, well, I think go on, go on. Now. Yeah. No, yeah, I think I think what's good to see with with Deli Ali is that he is so probably he's so rusty in that pressure, isn't there? But he's still capable of producing the ball like that to Rondon. I think he's a player of real genuine quality there. Um, so I think very similar to the Mari Gray, it's, it's been a really savvy move by Everton, and I think probably that the rest of this season we can hopefully if we can get the points on the board early. You know, that can be a nice bedding in period for Deli Alley to really attack next season. Um, and just going back to Richarlison as well, I think he's really an, uh, an anomaly of the Machiri era. You know, 35 million miles into 50. It, it, it looks like a bargain still, doesn't it? Because he's just, he's just, he's just so, he's been such a success for us in terms of going forward. He's skillful, he gets goals, but it's his work rate as well. And it is desire to win and it is desire to score goals. I just think he's been a real, real success story for Everton in the last few years. And, you know, it'll be a great shame if he if he leaves in the next few seasons. But, you know, wouldn't it be great if we can achieve success with him in the team? It would, because he deserves it. I mean, there's, there's hardly a player in that team that deserves it more. I mean, as you say, he, he gets on the, on the pitch and he's just focused. You know, and I, I love a forward who gets annoyed when they don't score. So he, he might be a little bit disappointed after Saturday to have that that goal taken away from him after having you know what was it two or three <laughs> taken away against Arsenal, um, but yeah he's um, yeah he, obviously uh, there was the the fact that he he'd said to Ancelotti that he was going to give us another year. I'd be interested to see where his head is at at the end of the season, depending on how we finish the season, where we end up, um, and what what Lampard says to him about. How he sees the team, you know, being being molded going forward as to whether Richarlison then says, okay, well, you know, I'll give a, a another year because he, he is deserving of a bigger stage. He's deserving of Champions League football, and wouldn't it be, as you say, Al, wouldn't it be fantastic if we could give it to him? Oh, brilliant, yeah, wouldn't absolutely. it? And you think about, you think Dan, though, don't you? You think. Um... Like how, how many years has he got in his contract, Richardson? Any idea? I I'm not. Too, I can't remember when he, when, he, when it was last signed, and it, I think it was four or five year contract, wasn't it? But yeah, I think I, it I expires. Uh, it's 2024, so he's got two years left. So now's now's the the time when you think about extending if you want to keep him. Yeah, that's definitely. <clears throat> so you think about that in age? What's he? 25? Would you say around about then? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Twenty. He'll be twenty-five in 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 May. Yeah, you're right. Like it, at, at some point, he's given us a lot of service, hasn't he? At, at, at some point, you got to you know you got to expect really. You know, the, the club has to match his ambitions at some point. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it would be very very sad to see the Charles and go. Be a great shame. It takes some replacing, wouldn't he? Um. Not so many players like that, particularly for that money. Um. What, what, what would what would we fetch from as well? I mean, yeah, again, if you're selling this summer, presumably it's a it's a fair chunk more than the when than when he's got one year in this contract, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, just World Cups coming up as well. He presumably be involved in that. You would have thought in in um in Qatar. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting, man, to see see what happens with him. But yeah, I'd be gutted if he left. He's he's, he's been brilliant for us with Charleston. Um But it's a bit like it's, some players leave, don't they? And like like Jesse Gay, for example. And you'd assume he, he, when he does leave with Charleston, it's it's with with Evertonian's best wishes. You were the four because he really has been a very good player for us for how many years? Four years, something like that now. Yeah, four. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, yeah, nothing but um, nothing but admiration for the guys. Really, really, really good player. Um, love to be able to keep him for longer. Um, yeah, let's see, let's see what happens. He's going to have to be part of that conversation, though, at the end of the season, because the the kind of team building that we need to do if we're going to get back on, you know, to where we want to be, we're going to have to sell someone, you know, and that someone at this point is the the three who could fetch the. The biggest amounts right now, which is Richarlison, Jordan Pickford, and, and Dominic Calvert Lewin, and you know the way that our, uh, you know, FFP or um, profit sustainability, whichever you want to call it, I mean it, it, that that is how, where the the transfer funds are going to come from. 
Um, and it's obviously a question we can have further uh, discuss further down the road. But one of those, surely you'd think one of those three is, is would have to would have to be moved on to to provide the the funds. Yeah, I, th- I think the there was talk of PSG, wasn't there? And mm-hmm. I think you know, Killian, Killian Mbappe to Real Madrid isn't going to go away. And obviously PSG, they've got Neymar, they've got Messi, um, so that that would be difficult for for players with Richarlison's ambitions to turn down. But yeah, definitely, definitely one where I hope that he he stays longer than we might think. Yeah. I just love the way that he does everything in his Everton gear. No matter what he's doing, no matter where he is, he's always in his Everton gear, and it, it, he's just yeah. And it's for for that reason alone, he he will you know when he eventually goes, he will go without blessing because you know we all love the bones of him. So yeah, if you look at just quickly, if you look at look at them three, um, you'd assume that Charles would be the one who would probably be most likely to go. If often else, because he'd probably fetch the most money, and there's uh, you'd get much more interest globally, wouldn't he? Or in Europe, you know, in, in Europe for, across a number of the European clubs, Dominic mm-hmm. Carvalho and Jordan Pickford, they're probably only likely to go to go to clubs clubs in England, um, and you could probably even pinpoint only a couple of clubs that they're probably likely to go to as well in England. So um, yeah, I'd say for Charles, if if if, if in terms of like how much we could get back from a player, you'd presume that Charles would be the one they'd uh, they'd um, did unfortunately uh, move on, but uh, yeah, oh, I hadn't hadn't thought about discussing all this at the start of this podcast. You got me, got me started. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well, moving swiftly on to Southampton away. <laughs> um, I think we, we we touched on it already. This is this is not going to be an easy match by any stretch of the imagination because they're in um, they're in really good form right now. Um, and it's uh, Ralph Hasenhutl is showing at least in this patch of their form why there there's there's a lot of talk about him you know eventually moving on to to bigger and better things. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this is it's a tricky tricky fixture for us on a you know on an annual basis anyway. So how are you how are you guys feeling about this one? Yeah, it's it's one of those away games that it's just really difficult to call. Um... You know, Everton have gone there sometimes and put in really good displays. Other times we've we've been horrendous <laughs> at Southampton. It's a really difficult one to call on paper. You'd say that we've got more quality, but it's just about the application on the day. And I think yes, we we, we go into Southampton when they're when they're in good form, they're on a high. Um, but you know, we could maybe use that to our advantage on the road. You know, we can the pressure might be off us a little bit, whereas. We've gone into other games where the pressure's been so high. I think going there, it might just be a game where we can maybe try and try and silence them, maybe stifle them early on. I think that's key for Everton in these remaining games. They need to have a good start. They've really got to have a good start. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, Southampton, they've got some dangerous players. Um, they've got goal scorers, but I do want, on paper, you know, I think Everton are the better side. And, and it's interesting to see that, you know, while this season's been so difficult, if we were to pull a win out the bag, it's, you know, you're looking at four or five points off the top 10 then from Southampton. So it's another big, big game where, where the points are massive. Um, so, yeah, very, very difficult one to call, but you've just hope, got to hope that we can be the team with a little bit of pressure off maybe for us going to Southampton that we can uh, upset the run that they've been on. I think away at Southampton, we've... We've had a number of like rubbish defeats over the over the years, and um, sprinkled with a few wins. I don't ever recall us drawing there. <laughs> not not much anyway. We always seem to either win or I don't remember too many draws there. So I think if we could go there and get a point this year, this year, I think that would, that would be a good point at this stage, given their given their their last few games. They've been on a pretty good one themselves, and just carrying on from the Leeds game. Um, if just you know, just another game, just, just two back-to-back games about about losing. And that sounds very negative, but it's just, just to get a nice point on the road coming into the next game against Manchester City. That would be that would be okay, wouldn't it? To keep the momentum up, I'd probably settle for that. I know it sounds a bit defeatist, settling for the points at Southampton, but realistically, the positions, the position we've been in for a lot of this season, and no doubt about it. Um, a month or two ago, we, we'd have lost. Like, we'd have lost this game 100. percent I think, I, I, yeah, you, you wouldn't have been confident at all going into it. Um, the way the way things were, Rafa Benitez 
I'd say if we can go there and get a point, obviously, yeah, a win, fantastic. But yeah, you take a point. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy with a point there um, going into the Man City game. Yeah, hundred percent. I think we'd all we'd all take a point. Two teams, you know, obviously one team that's in good form and another one that's hopefully now <laughs> beginning a, a period of form. Um, you know, it's it's St Mary's is not the Dell. I remember I went down went down to the, the Dell a, a couple of times, um, and it was it was just one of those because it's so small and so tight and compact. It it, it just it, it had an innate home advantage for them. Um, which obviously St Mary's doesn't doesn't have, but they still, you know, they still cause us problems down there. Uh, but I think what we were were guilty of definitely last season, season was just allowing them to have their own way too much. Um, I mean, they really they played us off the park last season. So I think, as you say, Al, it's it's important that we get amongst them early. Um, I watched them against. Um, Coventry in their in their cup tie and they they almost were taken to penalties um, because um, they couldn't handle they couldn't handle actually the uh, when Coventry went direct um, and that's obviously that's something that we have have in our locker so that, um, it's going to be interesting to see the way that uh, that Lampard sets them up um, and how we we cope you know away from away from Goodison um, I'm, I'm not expecting you know anything like the atmosphere that was at St James's Park um so this could be a um this could be an opportunity for us to actually you know play our game a bit more and uh yeah cause a cause a few problems it's one thing that's impressing me with Lampard actually now that you mention it is he's showing good adaptability um you know we you know nobody would have thought 442 on Saturday and then when you saw it was a 442 I think most people have What's he doing here? Why, why is he playing? Why is he playing? You know, um, but it worked very, very well. I think like, and yeah, play three at the back against Benford. Did it again, I think, at Newcastle. The point I'm trying to make is I don't think it's, he's not making it that easy for opposition to to second guess what he's going to do. Um, so, and as he perhaps utilises more players, I, I, um, I don't think Leeds with the thought Awobi was going to play, for example, the other day. Um, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, he's... Um, He's doing a pretty good job, isn't he, of sort of keeping keeping opponents guessing. Now, let's hope it doesn't get to the point of um, too much tinkering. I'm you know, sure he's getting on a settled team eventually, but um, it might just be that he's look, trying to look around and figure out what he's got, who his best players are. I don't know, but uh, certainly I think it'd be difficult to second guess what Frank Lampard's going to do at the moment. And you think that's got a, got a benefit, as, uh, particularly particularly away from home, you would have thought. So, yeah, maybe that just gives us a bit more a bit more chance and a bit more hope if he... Um, you know, shuffles his, shuffles his pack a little bit more and keeps Southampton guessing, and maybe he will go a little bit more direct. And yeah, obviously with Dominic up there and get the Charleston around him, yeah, um, yeah, we'll see what he does. But uh, yeah, it could be a yeah, it's an interesting point that then, and maybe yeah, it could be an opportunity there to get at them. Let's uh, let's see what he does. And what I like about it is the is the flexibility and the fluidity to to you know what particularly obviously against Leeds um you know the fact that we've got sort of these inverted wingers I mean Awobi does a lot of his best work you know inside I remember the Arsenal fans when we signed him were saying just don't play him on the wing and that's pretty much all that we've done um but if he's given the license to come inside um you know there, there was that pass for um for Calvert-Lewin uh that his shot that was that was saved I mean that was a brilliant pass um and there was some someone shared a stat earlier about i think he's the the the, the most the, the leading player for players who have played you know x number of minutes um for most likely to you know to, to create a chance from a pass so he's he's definitely got talent there um and you know w- with him and, and gordon and richarlison you've got um potential for a lot of movement up there um at the top of the pitch which um we haven't always had so it's um yeah, I'm really, I'm really liking the way that uh, Lampard has approached this, um, and and where where he could where he could take this going forward. And just looking back, in you know, Southampton away, we said we've had some horrendous results, but um, I remember going down there in uh, 2015 at the start of the season when we had that army kit. Uh, like yes, that's right. <laughs> and we absolutely <laughs> tore them apart. Um, Lukaku was on fire that day on the counter attack. Aruna Kone mm-hmm. as well. Uh, it was putting crosses in, and it was when we had, you know, Stones, Barkley, Lukaku, uh, Delafeu came on in the last minute as well. 
and uh, that's that, that's one of my favourite away games that I've been. I was living in London at the time and got a three-hour coach down on the Saturday. I think it was an early kickoff as well. Um, it's just a brilliant away day, and the the other one that sticks in my mind as well is uh, the two-all draw the season we finished fourth. Mark Spence in the last oh, yeah. minute. Um, so they, you know they're two that stick out, but I think that you know there are there's some one ones that we've had as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's one draw. <laughs> um, yeah, so hopefully we we can add to those to those two memorable fixtures. I remember that three 0 because Ronald Koeman was in charge for Southampton, if I recall. Yeah, I remember like look, I remember watching it in the pub. I remember seeing as a uh, disappointed, but yet still a little bit smoke face sort of <laughs> when when he went sort of like three uh, 0 down. Uh, yeah, that was one. One of them sticks in my mind for some some strange reasons. One we actually lost three 0 and the reason that well, actually otherwise stuck in my mind it was. Um, it was, it was getting to that point where I think people were just getting a little bit fed up of um, of Martinez. I think people were just starting to turn on him a little bit. I don't know if, I don't know if it was his second season or his third. I, I think that Southampton one was his third season, actually, so it must have been his second one. I know, I think the knives are just starting to come out a little bit on Roberto. We went down and we lost 3-0. Um, I think he played one of them. He played Barkley and Naismith, both on the wing. On both, and it never really worked, did it? Because neither of them were really wingers. He was, and he was just trying a comment to on them both into the team. And he went the whole game without making a single substitution. And it was just, mm. just found absolutely madness. And I think it just felt like a little bit at the time that you know, it wasn't quite the beginning of the end, but you felt, felt people were just starting to turn a little bit on Roberto then. I think we were just starting to get a little bit. A little bit cheesed off with, um, you know, corners for us going, ended up back and back with, with Tim Howard and stuff like that. And just the way we, you know, the, the slow build was just starting to grate. And you see the players just starting to believe in it less and less. And yeah, that's, I don't know why that sticks in my mind because it's obviously a very negative, negative score. But uh, yeah, I think just because you know, you, if you go a whole game losing 3 0 without making a single sub, you just, you, you're wondering why, aren't you? But uh, I can't remember who was on the bench, of course, but um, yeah, that, that's one that sticks in my head for some reason. I think Rama scored uh, an own goal in that game, didn't he? <laughs> I think you're right, actually. I, yeah. think, I think he scored, yeah, that was yeah December 2014, I believe. Anyway, well, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed. As you say, get a, get, get a win in that one, and all of a sudden things are looking looking really positive, so let's let's see what happens in that one. So just to finish off, um, we've been talking about how we might do a little um, sort of five-minute um, segment. We put in a sort of deal with one one question um, every week, and uh, we'll be looking for um, some ideas from from you listeners that you can obviously post on on the website for for future topics. Um, I think today we decided we we're going to talk about um, the most underrated player. I think I think for me, my most underrated player was. Um... Was Richard Goff? I think he uh, he is he is lauded by a lot of Blues, but I just think the age at which he arrived at the club. I mean, he's played for Everton in in the in the twenty first century. He did play a game in two thousand, and he turned sixty this year, <laughs> which is yeah. just incredible. It shows that you know he really was the evergreen of his career. But um, I just love the fact that he he was so. Dominant in the air, he was brave. He, you know, he would block everything. He was still very athletic and energetic as well. And for me, you know, my first game was '96 to see a player of his age come in, and he really did transform the uh, the team at one stage. That he was just a leader, and he, you know, he, he commanded respect, I think, as well. And he was just such a full blooded, committed player. Um, for me, I just think he's he was so underrated and a really, really top player for Everton. He was a great player, Richard Goff, wasn't he? I, I think that it was his, uh, his two seasons, what, 99-2000, and then the, the the following season he stayed on he stayed on another year, didn't he? But he had, he had a ton of injuries that second season, if I recall, or, or at least one very bad injury, I think. Um, I think it's that first season in 99-2000, that's the first that's the first season he had the season ticket, uh, me, and, yeah. me and my mate Steve. Um, and so, yeah, and start of the season, you think, oh, God, we've already got Dave Watson. Why, uh, <laughs> why are we signing Richard Goff as well? But he, I think he even got player of the season. Or, or if he didn't get it, he certainly ran it close. And he was excellent, wasn't he? Um, and it was, it was sad the next season. I think if he, he made like a got like a really, really crucial challenge, which uh, caused an injury for himself, I think, against Derby County. Um, mm-hmm. in a two old yeah, draw, and um, yeah, and uh, you didn't see much of him for the rest of that season. When he did come back, it was just in little, you know, fits and starts, a couple of games, and same injury or another injury flare. It was a real shame. 
because I think Walsworth was probably counting on him for that uh, for that next season a bit more. Um, and uh, yeah, it was great. I I, 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 yeah, I know what you mean, Alan says underrated. Now he's not he's not really seen, you know, he's not really revered as he is one of them top centers. I, I I never saw him as really underrated. I, I I rated him so highly in that yeah. season. But I get I, I get what you mean, though. You know, um, it's just not talked about. I don't think enough. Yeah. <laughs> He was just a brilliant player. So reliable. Yeah, it was fantastic. Really good. Who's your pick, Paul? <laughs> well, I can't compare. This is this is uncomparable to, to Richard Goff. I can't. I can't. So uh, don't scoff too much. The but one <laughs> player I thought um, that, that that I could think of was. Obviously, you could, you could, a lot of people just go, oh, Leon Osmond's only here because they got a, a lot of stick. You could think Steve, Stephen Naismith couldn't you play like that. But one for me was um, Scott Gemmel, who I thought came in, um, I think, deadline day in 98, maybe, around about then. And I think he scored one or two important goals. One pretty good volley at Newcastle rings a bell. Uh, I think when Kevin Campbell obviously stole mm-hmm. the show of... Um, he said, don't fall in love with a loan, loan signing. <laughs> we, did, we did a demo of Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> but that that certainly worked. Um, yeah, and Gemmelow supported him a little bit in midfield, and then um, I think after that, I don't think he played loads for Everton, probably mostly mostly because of injuries. But I always felt when he when he did play, he, and again he wasn't he wasn't really particularly rated, I don't think. But he he normally had quite a calming influence. He didn't have pace at all, actually. But he'd um, he'd pop up with some good tackles. He was quite a gritty player, but he's. A very good passer of the ball, and he'd use the ball quite intelligently. And he's never really—I don't think he's ever rated really. But had he have managed to stay clear of a few like niggly injuries, I think he would have got a bit more out of him. Um, and that's that went for Walter Smith and I think David Moyes in his maybe first season. Again, he was injured for a lot of that, and then he came into the team and did quite well. And then I think he—I don't think the next—I think again the next season had injuries again, so maybe injuries made him maybe underrated and he probably wasn't the personality type as well to ever become a really highly rated player by the crowd but that's one for me which just uh when i when i look for questions of that i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not particularly great at sort of um of thinking them up so that's the best uh best i could come up with scott gemmel no he was a decent shout and i think everything you mentioned there is is the perhaps the reason why he wasn't sort of you know um a, a big personality um, but he was a very, very tidy player. Um, and, you know, those kinds of players who just sort of come in and, and, and keep things ticking over, um, they don't sort of get the plaudits they deserve, particularly when when fans want, you know, some a, a sort of really flashy, you know, big signings in, in that part of the pitch. So, yeah, no, I think that's a that's a good shout. I think with Scott Gamble, I think they're the two, the two bits for me. He's tidy and he kept things ticking over. He he wasn't flash at all, but technically he was he was really good, really good close control, and and as Paul said, could really pick a pass as well. He had a, a great range of his passing as well, and I think he was he was quite underrated, and I think it is a shame that the injuries probably meant that he, he didn't go as far as he could. Yeah, do you remember that volley he scored against Middlesbrough as well, and came back to him on the uh, on yeah, the volley into the box? Great yeah. goal, wasn't it? But, yeah. yeah. What you got, London? Mine would be Tony Cotty. Who you know? I think we all recognised that he was a he was a very good striker, um, but I, I still don't think he gets the plaudits that he deserves. Uh, for I mean, he had almost a, a scoring rate of a goal a goal every other game for us, every two games for us. Um, and for me, I, mean, I remember, remember being really excited when he when he joined. Um, obviously, he had that terrific debut, um, but I think unfortunately for him, he just you know he joined us at the wrong time he joined us right as we were you know about to 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 hit the slide uh, and that unfortunately that, that obviously affected his england chances and i think just just for his scoring rate scoring rate alone i think he's um he's underrated not only by evertonians but i think the the game as the wider game as a whole yeah it's probably the wrong it's the wrong club for him wasn't it at that, at that time yeah probably didn't um didn't help him much. I think the maybe the style of play we'd sort of merged into by that point probably didn't didn't benefit him an awful lot, if I recall. Ninety nine goals, is that right, Tony Cotty or ninety nine league goals maybe or something like yeah. that? I think he was, I think he was just one shy of hundred. That's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> to, to, be, to be hamstrung on ninety nine. Yeah, no, he's, uh, yeah, I liked Cotty. I think yeah, when I started sort of watching football, I guess he was probably one of our 
our only hopes when we were sort of like really sort of marooned in relegation fights. And remember 93, 94, he popped up with some really important goal. I remember a really important goal away at West Ham and thinking in that relegation uh, when, when we ended up just, just staying up by the skin of our teeth against Wimbledon. He scored a, a really good goal, which uh, won us the game at West Ham and um, popped over some other important goals down. Yeah, I liked him, Cotty. He, uh, he, was, he was a good player. I see what you mean, you. underrated, yeah. yeah. I've just read as well, he's the ninth. He's ninth on the all-time list of Everton goal scorers, which, you know, when you think of the great players we've had, he's really probably not talked about enough. Yeah. Yeah, that was wow. that was really that was really my reason for picking him, really, because, yeah, and I think maybe there's a there's that sort of um, cultural component as well, you know, him being a Londoner and, and sort of more of a of an outsider, where people almost thought that he was a bit of a misfit. But uh, yeah, you can't argue with his with his scoring record. All right, well, we've gone over an hour this week. Lots to talk about. Um, we will be back next week, and we'll be reviewing whatever happens at uh, St. Mary's this weekend. And we'll be looking ahead to Manchester City, hopefully with, uh, with some newfound optimism. Uh, as always, give us your feedback. Let us know what you'd like to hear from the show, what you like, what you don't like. And um, until next time, we will speak to you soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.